0: Welcome to Confessions of a Higher Ed Social Media Manager, where we delve into the world of higher ed social media through the eyes of people behind the screens. Join us as we explore the ups and downs and everything in between when managing online presence for colleges and universities. From navigating the latest social media trends to dealing with crisis management, we'll hear firsthand accounts of what it's really like to be a higher ed social media manager. We'll sit down with masterminds behind some of the most innovative and engaging social media campaigns in the field and hear their behind the screen stories, best practices, and insider tips. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, sit back, grab your headphones, and get ready for some candid confessions and valuable insights into the world of higher ed social media. Confessions of a Higher Ed Social Media Manager is part of the Enrollify podcast network. You can subscribe to this podcast at enrollify.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Confessions of a Higher Ed Social Media Manager. I'm your host, Callie, and I'm so grateful that you're tuning in today. Today, I'm chatting with Cassandra Serino, who is the founder of Higher Ed Social and the new Dean of Retention and Engagement at Tulsa Community College. Welcome, Andrea. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Callie? I'm doing good. It's a beautiful day here in South Carolina and couldn't ask for more. Same here. So we're going to jump right in. You are the founder of Higher Ed Social, which is the largest social media community on Facebook for hired social media managers. Can you give us a little bit of a backstory on how that came to be?
1: Way back in 2015, I was in a social media management group on Facebook because I was contemplating a career change. I was currently an academic advisor at my institution, and I was thinking that it'd be really cool to use my marketing degree and move over. And so I was getting training, uh, to be a social media manager and someone posted up in this group that they worked for a college and had questions because it was really different from all the other places that they had worked and i piped up and replied i work at a college it's totally different i totally understand so a, a few of us really got on a thread together and we kind of hijacked this person's thread uh, we were talking about working at a college and so I just started a, a mini Facebook group just to put those five or six people in the room together so that we weren't hijacking this uh, this other Facebook group. And so, started off with the six of us and, and talking about what it was like to transition from corporate to working for an institution and we grew very slowly, very organically, those first few years, just kind of adding people as we you know, found other cool humans on the internet. Uh, I think the first year we ended up with maybe 200 people. The second year we were at like 600. And then fast forward now, eight years later, we are bumping up against 12,000 members. Uh, we have folks uh, from campuses all over the world in more than 80 countries. And I think representation from every U.S. institution as well. So, uh, yeah, it's been a complete labor of love and uh, super organic and just honest, uh, real connection of other people.
0: One of the things I love about this group is it is the true definition of community over competition. So you see people join this group and ask questions and um, people are so willing to let To lend an answer, to lend resources, or to jump on a Zoom call and chat things out—have you seen that the entire time that this group has existed? Yeah,
1: I think I think that's really just baked into the culture of the community at this point. I know a lot of times in higher ed and in other organizations, it's it's this idea of I can't share anything because you're going to steal my idea, and uh, that's not how the community operates at all. People are encouraged to be raw and vulnerable and, you know, really honest with what they what they need help with. And the community responds to that authenticity with, uh, with genuine compassion, I think. And so there's a lot of knowledge sharing, a lot of best practice sharing, a lot of, hey, I'm seeing this on my campus. It doesn't feel right what can I do to educate myself on this issue? Um, and the community responds with open, grateful hearts. And I think a lot of places on the internet, that is not how things are. People want to one-up each other. They want to, you know, they want that echo chamber. They want uh, to hear themselves speak and, and to, to virtue signal. And we don't get a lot of that in the community. Uh, it's it's very, very, like, it's almost non-existent, I would say. And So there's an awful lot of snuggle and genuine honest, real, authentic conversations that happen. And I am grateful for it because it makes the experience so much better.
0: The group is one of my favorite things to recommend to anybody that is in the world of higher ed social media or adjacent. Like if they work in the marketing or communications office and maybe aren't directly tied to social media but have influence there, I always recommend people to join that and to see what's happening because it's, there's just so much information shared and so many resources and just that true level of community that we don't really see other places. Yep whenever I started in my first role in higher ed social, I started as the intern and didn't know anything about it. I was coming from working at a preschool and I remember joining that Facebook group along with a group on like, I think it was called like university video producers or something. And I was like, okay, maybe these Facebook groups will help me learn a little bit so I can feel like I can at least get a grip on what I'm supposed to be doing. And I found not only resources but friends like true friendships in this group as my role kind of developed I leaned more and more into this group and then when my college campus decided to go co-ed one year I remember messaging the group I couldn't talk to anybody outside but I was just like okay hypothetically (laughs) if a college is about to make a major decision um, in the next 24 hours what are the things that I need to be on guard about. And I just remember like one of the things that somebody told me was check and make sure that your Facebook auto message responder isn't too perky. (laughs) Like just remove it. If it says you're going to respond back in X amount of time, because you may not be responding to every negative one. I was like, that's a great idea. Why did I not think of that? And like the second one was reviews. Make sure to take down like the option for reviews because if people are angry, they're gonna bombard you with those one star reviews, and you can't come back from that. And I was like, man, these
1: people are brilliant, like such such great minds, like in one place. And and that's really the the hive mind. You know, they're so willing to share. And I think a lot of folks in these roles either don't have a lot of compatriots on their own campus right they might be a team of one there might be someone in a, you know a department across campus but they don't really have a lot of peers on their campus to talk this through um and they don't really have a lot of people that understand the work and and how difficult and training and challenging it can be and there really is no protocol for it a lot of folks you know, get you know either headhunted from another corporate social gig, and so they know social, but they don't really know the higher ed space, or they're a higher ed space person, and they know they're in admissions or orientation, and someone says, "Oh, you're the youngest person in the room. Go build us a, a Twitter profile." And so they're like, "I don't know. I'm an academic. Like this is not what I trained for." And so the the community has really become a place to put those those knowledge repositories together in a way that doesn't include any fear or shame that well, why don't you know that like that's social media 101 like well yeah nobody knows anything when they start out and so uh it's it's just a very warm and accepting place that that folks will hive mind that for you um and maybe they went through that experience themselves or maybe just another set of eyeballs on oh my gosh what about this and and that 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 genuine care and concern I think from the fellow members really sets it apart.
0: Did you have any idea when you created that Facebook group out of that conversation that it would be the leading resource for <laughs> higher ed social media managers? Not at all.
1: I really, I was trying to job search. I was like, I I, li- I love higher ed, um, but I really like this marketing. And I had met some people when I was a beta user for Pinterest and I was like, this is super cool. I love this tech space. I love, you know, I was a heavy user of MySpace back in the day and I'm I'm, I'm aging myself, right? But um, live journal. <laughs> and MySpace and AOL Instant Messenger and, and web forums and chat rooms. And um, that was really formative to me, you know, growing up in, in my early 20s and 30s. And so um, I, w- I just fell in love with it. And I was like, I want to do this, but my, all my work experience is in higher ed. And so how am I going to be able to pivot and I was just trying to put myself where the people are, right? Taking a cue from Ariel, the Little Mermaid. And I just need to be where they are and, and learn from them. And I actually never got to step out to a marketing or a social media position, but I get to hang out with all the cool kids. And I didn't really have any expectations for it. I didn't see it growing into a business or, you know, even as big as it was um, or is now. It was really just, I want to be helpful. Um, I had a mentor very on early on in my career who said, there's always going to be people who are smarter than you faster than you more educated than you that just have more Uh, but if you can always try to be helpful there will always be a place for you in the economy and so Uh, that's just where I take it from. How can I be helpful today? And if I put good work and love out into the world, then, you know, karma will reciprocate, right? Karma never forgets an address and it's going to happen. And, and good things are going to come. And honestly, at the end of the day, it helps us all level up. I am a strong believer in higher ed being a transformative experience for students. I was a low income, first gen student who came to college without parents. And I had an amazing experience at my university. And so I deeply believe in the power of higher ed. And I know that the, the public trust and sentiment around education, uh, we've seen wane in the last 10 years. Um, and I think the only way we're going to be able to combat that, because we know we have good work, we know we have great outcomes for our students and our staff and our faculty, but we need to get better at telling our story. And that's going to start with those frontline people who are the agents of telling that story. And so we've got to lean into these folks. We've got to provide training. We've got to provide opportunities for collaboration and conferences and webinars and awards program to celebrate the work that they're doing because it is it is so necessary. It's more than just posting on Twitter or making a TikTok and, you know, making the students laugh. It is it is absolutely uh, infecting people's mental health their well-being and the way they view their college experience and so yeah i'm just super excited that i get to tag along to be a part of it and hang out with all the cool kids
2: Alrighty, we're gonna play a game guys okay so first and foremost get a pen get a paper pull out your notes app on your phone whatever it might be okay got it great all right what keywords does your website currently rank for take a couple seconds right one two two, three, four. I give you a few, not just a couple. What doesn't it rank for that you think it should rank for? Okay, one, two, three, four. Now, what are a few keyword opportunities that you could be winning on if you just simply tweaked some of your existing website copy? Got it? Okay, how'd you do? Ooh, not so hot. Not sure what what you're currently ranking for or not sure what you could be ranking for. Well, that's okay, because our friends at DD Agency want to help you answer all of these questions. DD Agency is a higher ed-specific marketing technology agency that has conducted countless SEO audits for colleges and universities across the country. In these audits, they detail where you currently rank, what you could be ranking for, exactly how copies should be tweaked on website pages, and so much more. If this sounds like something that you could benefit from, give the guys at DD Agency a ping and be sure to mention that Enrollify sent you to claim a 10% discount on any of their SEO offerings. So head on over to enrollify.org forward slash DDA SEO, that's DDA as in DD Agency, SEO, or simply follow the link in the show notes below. That will guarantee you get a 10% discount off of your audit. All right, head on over to enrollify.org slash D-D-A-S-E-O or simply Google DD Agency, find DD Agency's website, and be sure to mention that you heard about them through Enrollify when you request your audit. All right, folks, back to the show.
0: You didn't necessarily work in higher ed social. Tell us about what you have been doing in the higher ed space, because I think that's a very unique (laughs) and important perspective.
1: It's really fun. Um, I started off my college career on campus I was a work study and got to work in orientation. I was a tour guide. I was in student government. I did Greek life, uh, which is probably why I had a great experience. I was really connected and involved. And then after graduation, I thought I was going to work in HR. And I did that for 30 days for a large multinational company. I was a human resource information systems analyst, which is a glorified uh, file girl. That's really what that title should be, but it sounds really cool. And I, I did it for 30 days and had a horrible experience and hated it and quit my job at my 30-day review and just kind of was like licking my wounds. And my one of my mentors who worked in admissions at my university was like, hey, I have an opening. I know you're looking for work. You know, would you mind, would you be interested in coming to help us out for, you know, a little bit? I promise it's not forever, um, but just try it out. And I was like, sure, why not? I have nothing else going on. Got a whole business degree and didn't know what I was going to be when I grew up. And I thought I wanted to do something and found out I didn't and so i came back worked in admissions fell in love with talking to prospective students realized i was i was really good at it and went and did my master's in education in college student affairs uh worked in our dean of students office which was fantastic graduated right into the recession of 08 which was wonderful waited tables with a master's degree really licking those wounds trying to figure out dang you know why am i keep making all these bad choices um because they're not they're not getting me what i was told i was going to get Um, ended up taking a job in advising at a community college in my hometown and loved it. Wanted to work with low income first gen college students and that's where they have a lot of them. And so I did that, fell in love with the academic advising which is a little bit student affairs but also on the academic side of things. And I feel like I was really good at doing college so I can tell anybody else how to do that. And so in 2010, uh, I got the opportunity to step over into uh, back at my university in advising and loved it. It was fantastic. Uh, But I always have had this pull to the business world, this idea of innovation, making things better, faster, smarter, cheaper, easier. Along the way, I got my MBA uh, with a focus in management marketing and sustainability and uh, just really enjoyed playing in the technology space. How can I make the work that I do more efficient? And after you know five years of putting in time as an advisor, I was like, Maybe you know I need to revisit this whole marketing thing because marketing now is not the way marketing was uh, in 2005, right? The industry had changed in 10 years, and so I was retooling, trying to learn as much as possible, going to conferences, putting myself out there, reading everything that was coming out because social media management was really in its infancy, right, in the early 2010s, and so the idea that that could be a career that people did rather than just play on Facebook was really, really new. Uh, as a concept. And so I really wanted to be at that forefront. And I was like, hey, nobody has any experience in it. Maybe I can get my foot in the door. Never really got that space. But I feel like being an academic advisor gave me a real unvarnished look at the needs and expectations of our students um, in a different way. And so I was able to offer my colleagues a, a sort of a different perspective, right? This is what students are coming in and saying, because Advisors are kind of their sounding board. Yes, we're in charge of telling you what classes to take, but that's actually a very small fraction of what usually happens in those advising appointments. And so, uh, I feel like that has given me a really unique experience and skill set, even though I wasn't creating ads or, you know, dealing with Google Analytics or graphic design. Still, really useful stuff. And I figured, well, if I'm going to stay in higher ed, I should probably get this doctorate because everybody here has one. And uh, I want one for my tombstone. Right. I'm a kid from the trailer park and I was in foster care. I feel like I need a doctorate for my tombstone. And so I went back and did my doc work in organizational leadership and policy. And it was fantastic and just really kind of helped me craft this space that i want to be in which is helping universities become more efficient better service agents to our constituents yes we sell credits and students are our clients but students are also our our, our product. That's what we put out there. We, we have multiple constituents all the way around. Our faculty, our staff, our students, our alumni, our communities in which we are sending our students out into work. We can learn from the business and technology world how to tell our story, but also to become better stewards of the trust that people have in us. And so uh, that has led me to my current position that I am super excited to be in. I'm in week three of my role here at Tulsa Community College as the dean of retention and engagement. I'm overseeing the areas uh, that come right after admission. So orientation, testing, and advising are all under my purview. So they come in and we are their first experience as a student. And then what can we do within our processes to keep them here and keep them happy and get them through to graduation so that they're they're fulfilling the goals that they have set for themselves. And so Tulsa is amazing. Shout out if you've not been to Tulsa. It's right in the middle of the country. Come by and visit. We'll go out for coffee or pizza um, it's a fantastic city with so much quirk and so much heart and it's just a fantastic place to be and so I'm super excited to, to lean into this new role and to bring all the variety of experiences that I've had into one place and and to help a new campus and so I love it anybody else is listening from Tulsa or Oklahoma come hang out with your girl because I have no friends so <laughs> all my friends are on the internet, and, and I need some folks here to go to things with. And so I've accidentally adopted a dog, um, which is a whole story in and of itself. But yeah, it's it's been a wild ride, and living it forward, it made no sense. It was very much, you know, things were happening to me in my career, and having to work through them and pivot. And but looking back, it makes a lot of sense in how this all came together. So if anybody is listening who is feeling stuck or frustrated in their uh, in their in their current role or where they want to be or, you know, they're not where they want to be in their life. I thought I would be married with kids to my doctor, lawyer, husband by now. And, you know, being a lady who lunched and that's not like it's <laughs> not at all what I'm doing. And so uh, I can commiserate with that. I
0: think it's interesting that not being a social media manager directly, but you have direct access to students that your perspective in the higher ed social group has been so unique and so needed. A lot of times we're asking questions, uh, people that manage social media are um, sometimes, sometimes a little bit removed from the day-to-day activities of students. If you have student workers, that's a great perspective to have in your office. But I think sometimes we kind of get into our little boxes. I know that I was guilty of this a few times of getting too comfortable in our office, which was a little bit separated from the day-to-day lives of students. And our goal is to represent our campus and our students and engage with them. But sometimes we we get a little disconnected um, and have to reground ourselves in campus life and student life. And... Um, being an advisor, I know that you have given some very valuable input into that group and perspective that sometimes we don't have or we miss, um, and that's that's been so important. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> I just want to thank you for that because I've used that I've used that advice multiple times yeah. um, in managing my own accounts. And
1: and and I think really, yeah, like it's it's so valuable to have friends outside your own silo, right? Like having someone who you know, hey, students are gearing up for graduation. It doesn't happen for formal weeks, but are we pushing out graduation content? Um, or, hey, I'm, I'm seeing students, you know, whose family can't come for graduation. What are we doing to, to speak to those sort of things? And what's going on in the visual and performing arts space? They have a play coming up that students are really excited about, and so, I would definitely encourage anybody who's in that social space to to find your Sherpas in those other areas on your campus. Do you have regular people that you're connecting with? Even if it's just socially, you're going to lunch, you're hearing what's going on in these little pockets of excellence that are happening on your college campus or in other colleges, that you can connect with these folks to say you know, what is the day-to-day awesomeness that's, that's happening? How can I bubble it up and how can that inform what I'm doing with my work on campus. I know that was huge during COVID and trying to knowledge share and say, hey, is anybody doing this? Or what are we doing about murals on campus? People can't be together, but can they engage and create social posts? And can we create place-bound experiences for them? You know, let's have those giant numbers at graduation so that folks can do individual pictures and we can celebrate them and we can care about them even though we can't be in that picture with them and so um yeah it's just really neat how all of that comes together uh, when you talk to people love that so let's shift
0: focus a little bit let's talk about the other parts of higher ed social so if our listeners don't know, Higher Ed Social is a Facebook group, um, but it's also a professional society and has also produced awards. So let's go to the professional society yeah. first, then we'll wrap back around to the award part. But um, tell us a little bit about the professional society um, and what comes with that. A
1: little little
0: sales pitch yeah. for that.
1: So really, what we noticed is. The outside world who don't do social have no idea what a social media management career looks like. Um, They will throw out terms and buzzwords and uh, things that are wildly different, completely separate career paths, right? Marketing, graphic design, videography, copywriting, public relations, crisis comms, right? Those are all individual career paths. Uh, But a social media manager might touch all of those areas in what they do. And there's also a fair amount of, uh, it's one of those positions that people think that they can do. Oh, well, you're just, you know, you're on Facebook all day long. And so that must be so easy for you. It must be so great to just play on Twitter all day. And it's like, first of all, it's not. Thank you for thinking my job is cool, but also you have no idea what goes into this role. Um, You know, it's, it's like thinking, well, you use a toilet every day. That doesn't make you a plumber. Right. And and I think that's something that people can can understand, right? They're like, yeah, actually I, I have I haven't I have experienced this technology every day multiple times a day. I could not tell you how it works. Um, that's the same thing with social media. And so there really wasn't a professional home for these folks because it was such a an infancy career stage. And so you could kind of touch it if you were in like AMA or in a video producers group or, you know, in a, in a PR chapter or something, but nothing that was really specifically by social for social. And so uh, really that came about really going into the pandemic. We exploded in numbers because all of a sudden everybody was remote and and our, our numbers grew exponentially. And we really saw this need for uh, for this professional space that was just protected and for them, and so we became a full licensed professional society in 2020. So thehigheredsocial.org is our landing spot. Uh, we are powered by the Tucan Tech platform. And uh, they were a great, they're a great startup out of London that is fantastic as our community management. And we offer things that other professional societies do as well, right? Trainings, credentialing. We, do, um, we recognize the National Institute for Social Media as our credentialing partner. We, we promote their uh, trainings and credentialing best practices that really lean into the science and art of social media so not just learning your your platform tools and tactics because those change daily it feels like but really understanding the deep strategy behind communications and marketing in a digital space Um, so we work with them we have uh, community groups that are subdivided so folks can join a community group for their country or their area of the world so if you're in latin america and you're in south america or central america you can have a group just to connect with your folks at schools in that area. We've also got additional forums where folks can Connect with f- people in their um, their functional area of choice. So if you're in admissions, or you're at a law school, or you're at a B school, or you're in orientation or dining services, auxiliary services, you can chat with folks anywhere who are in those spaces. We also have um, corporate spaces, so uh, and vendor spaces. So for our sponsors, there's an area for them. So if you're contemplating, you know, checking out a particular platform, there's a vendor space that you can go to and talk with other folks that are using that platform you can get direct access to that vendor for some help desk and, and and space in there which is really helpful And really we just want to make it as easy as possible for folks to connect and communicate with each other. Uh, They get a professional page within the society website that can stand alone as their own personal professional page. They can upload uh, resumes. They can upload uh, case studies and videos to their page. They can individually connect with folks at colleges all over. They can make themselves public and searchable. They can put themselves out there for, for jobs. And uh, just as a way to level up that communication, right? Maybe my campus is playing your campus in basketball and I'm looking to talk to who's at, you know, uh, uh, Notre Dame or who's at Florida in athletics. They can search that in there and then reach out directly to that fellow person on that campus uh, for collaboration opportunities, which is super fun. We also have a job board. Uh, so, uh, folks can go and post their job opportunities there, uh, both on their campus. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll surface those to the folks that are really looking for that. Very niche job board, but for this, these roles, you might want someone who's got experience in that. And so they can do that. We also have um, the only uh, mentoring program for social media. So we have a mentor program through the society where you can get connected to a social media manager mentor. And you can see all the folks that are that are serving as mentors. You can sign up to be a mentor or a mentee in that and get some personalized professional development there. We also have cool swag because, uh, let's face it, we're all nerds on the Internet and we like cool swag. And so you can get... You know, fun things uh, from our our shop area. We want to send out a lot of fun, right? A lot of our group we lean into the play part of things because social media is at heart a way for folks to connect with other humans and have fun and enjoy things, right? Nobody really wants to go online to you know have a bad experience, and so uh, we started during COVID sending out our new member merch boxes so in that you get your membership certificate you get your pin you get your near field enabled membership card but we also put fun things in there some from our partners um, as a way to welcome you to the community we started doing it during covid because all of our conferences got canceled but all of our conference swag said 2020 on it and we didn't want to just throw it away so let's send it out to the members as a congratulations so Uh, the what's in there changes all the time depending on our partners so there might be pens there might be webcam covers there might be stuffed octopi which is our mascot there might be stickers are usually a huge hit Um, googly eyes right now we're doing bananas because you know bananas for scale Um, if you know you know what that means Um, so there's bananas that are going out and we just try to keep it rotating and keep it fun for folks and to let them know that we are glad that you have joined us we want to celebrate the work that you do and we want it to be fun for you to be here. So we have that. Um, We have professional memberships for folks who work outside of higher ed and the nonprofit space. We have professional memberships for folks who are full-time at a nonprofit or a college campus. And we have a student membership uh, for folks who are maybe an undergrad or grad school but want to go into this as a career. And our student members get a pink and blue tassel to wear at graduation uh, from their professional society. It comes automatically to them. So we want to celebrate that milestone with them when they graduate. And, and just a lot of you know wrapping in supports that folks need. And so we do that. We put out white papers. We do research projects. During the pandemic, we also did our first awards program because there were a lot of unsung heroes in this space and a lot of work was being done at the expense of mental health in a lot of places. And so we wanted to really recognize folks for the work that we we're doing. And so that was amazing, the Heesum the Awards. And we did a marketer of the year. We, we got entries from around the world, Hong Kong. Ireland, States, Canada, Australia, and we just had a really great time celebrating all those folks and we're gonna do it again this year. So be on the lookout for uh, the details that I'll post about that once they're ready to go live. And uh, we really just want to showcase the great work that our members are doing and get them the recognition that they deserve that they may not necessarily be getting on their campus or they may not be getting in any other way. Um, plus we have some pretty sweet trophies, which is always fun. And so uh, definitely would say, be on the lookout for that. And yeah, it's just a, uh, we wanted to build something that we wanted to be in. And uh, I think, I think we're getting there. I think folks really enjoy it. I love that it's a community by the
0: community, the professional society built for the people it's such a special place as someone who's worked in higher ed social and it's it is one of those roles where it doesn't necessarily fit it sometimes fits into marketing and sometimes communications And every school like categorizes it differently I was under advancement once and under alumni once like it just it depends on where you're at Um, the higher ed social community on Facebook is a place for everybody the professional society as well um, and the awards. I can't wait for us to to revive this again because that really was one of the coolest experiences. Um, I got to serve on the team that made that happen and just getting to see the innovation and the incredible campaigns that were coming out of schools in the midst of the pandemic and in the midst of one of the most like trying times of our lives yeah. and in our roles, like we saw some incredible incredible content coming out and incredible work that we wanted to showcase and wanted to award. So yeah, keep an eye out for that again. Uh, we can't wait to put that back on. If you're not part of the professional society, I do encourage you to join the, um, the job board is incredible. If you know somebody that is, uh, looking for a role in higher ed social, um, you know, LinkedIn and stuff doesn't always, doesn't always show exactly. What you're looking for, um, especially if you're looking for higher ed specific roles, mm-hmm. we do. We have a very unique niche yep. in higher ed social. Like it, it, it does take someone who understands the higher ed world and the social media world. Yep. For sure, it's it's a unique blend, and so that job board is is so crucial to being able to look at other positions that align with that specific. Uh, niche, and then yeah, I can't, I can't talk. It's to, so I can't fun. Go into right? how. My, I love this. <laughs> I love the swag boxes. There's are some of my favorite. I have mine. Um, you get a your uh, membership card is near field um, enabled, so I programmed mine to be my social handles, and so when I go to conferences, I can tap it to somebody's phone, and it pops up your your contact information, and it is truly like one of the funnest um, experiences. It's not. Yeah. It's not corporate. It's fun. It's social. It's, it's
1: bright. It's blue It pink is, and, right? Like it's play. Uh, and I love sparkle yeah. that comes in. And, and with the job <laughs> board, the nice part is if you're logged in as a member, you can click on that campus and see who else is at that campus. So you can reach out to them directly and say, Hey, what's the skinny on this position? I see that this is coming out and you can connect with people even before you decide to apply, which is, which is fantastic. And, um, yeah, like we we're all about helping people level up in their careers and, and advance that skill set.
0: Okay. We're going to shift focus a little bit. Um, I want to ask you some social media questions. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you could give someone new to the field, a piece of advice, what would that be?
1: Oh, okay. Um, I would say have an open mind, but a thick skin, um, you're when you're asking for oh, people, solid, right? You you're asking people for their opinions, right? A social happens almost exclusively in the public sphere, right? And so you're not always going to be everybody's cup of tea but you're going to be somebody's glass of whiskey, right? There's going to be people you're going to resonate with, and there's going to be people who hate you and like hate your face. And and that happens, right? And so being open to experiences and and advice and taking all of that, but also being strong in who you are and walking in your own truth to filter through that, take the parts that make sense to you that you want to use and, and grow with and discarding the parts that don't serve you. Um, because there's always going to be, for every brilliant campaign out there, there's always going to be someone who's like, well, that's awful, or that's ugly, or that's stupid, or why did you do that? And and those people are sad, and we should feel some compassion because – that's how they get joy is to go on the internet. Like, dude, get a puppy, like go outside, touch some grass. And so the thick skin really, really can sometimes be a challenge and we live in contentious times. I'm tired of living in unprecedented times. I would like to just go back to some right. some normal Amen. precedented times <laughs> would be fantastic. Um, but we are often at the forefront of some of the biggest conflicts that are happening in our society because social is real and it's unvarnished and bad stuff happens. And so, um, we see a lot of it. We consume a lot of it. We have to manage responses for a lot of it. Um, you know, student deaths Mm -hmm. on campus or riots in your street or shootings or, you know, natural disasters or fires or floods or, you know, any number of the wars that are currently going on. And so it all happens real time on social. And so, uh, you've got to have a strong, Internal fortitude to work through that, as well as a strong community of folks that are your soft place to land when it becomes a lot, because it will become a lot for everyone. Um, How are you working through that? How do you have your coping strategies? So um, being open minded, willing to learn from people, um, being willing to be humble and, and recognize, hey, you know what? I don't know what I don't know. Can somebody help me? Um, and, and going into it with that, with that authenticity, I think folks are going to, to rally around you. And at least in the higher ed social community, we saw that a lot. We did a lot of, um, diversity and equity trainings that folks were asking about, Hey, I'm at a predominantly white institution. How can I make sure my students feel safe and seen and heard? Um, you know, what are, what are some of those things and can we crowdsource some best practices? And so, yeah, open mind, thick skin. What is your favorite platform,
0: both? personally and as let's say the higher ed social yeah. brand
1: um
0: I feel like that was pretty clear right? but <laughs> go ahead and ask um, that
1: <laughs> i would say facebook is is i've been on it right so i got it in college right so back in the day og 04 um we, we got uh, 2004, 2005, we got Facebook. So that is where I keep up with my friends and family. I post my political rants. I send out pictures of my dog. Um, so that one probably eats my life the most. Um, my favorite to use professionally is Twitter, which hurts my heart because it's going through a lot of struggle right now. Um, but it was the best place to just connect and, and make friends with people you wouldn't have met otherwise. And so, a uh, big shout out to them and hope that they get their ship right in soon. Um, and then I, I I will admit I love to consume content on TikTok. Like it is just, it knows me. It knows my soul. Um, the campuses are putting out some really fun content on there. I've learned so much on there. Um, I know business owners who that's their lifeblood of their business. My sister, um, she sells real estate in Indianapolis. Shout out to Summer, and uh, she she's done so much education and good work for her community, educating them on the real estate space. Right, this has been crazy what real estate's done um, in the last couple of years and and house affordability. And so she's been able to you know inform her audience on what that looks like. And it's, it's a, it's a great creative space. Um, I haven't waded into creating a lot of content there because I feel, uh, I feel a little anxiety about uh, what I don't know how to create all of that, but uh, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to step into that space. So yeah, it's, everything is unique. And I would say, don't feel the pressure to be on everything, be where it makes sense for you, but also never stop learning who, you know, uh, be real is is hot and popping with the students, but last year it was what? Uh that chat one. Um oh why am I why am I blanking on it? Um but those spaces during COVID were just clubhouse. Yep, clubhouse was like a thing oh, yeah. uh for like a year and so met clubhouse some great Yeah, cool. there was some really cool stuff. And now we've got lemonade and Mastodon and who knows what we're gonna see, right? It's growing and changing every yeah. day. And so Um, Yeah. Like, I'm excited to see where it's going to go. I don't think social media is ever going to go away completely. But it is. It's here to stay. And I think it's changing the way we have unvarnished conversations. And like anything else, it's a learning curve. Um, You know, we learned how to use refrigerators and microwaves and televisions. We'll learn how to use this, too. (laughs) Um,
0: Last question what is your confession what is something that you've done as um well say as the higher ed social media manager for or the social media manager for higher ed social wow that's a mouthful um that someone wouldn't expect
1: someone wouldn't expect oh my gosh um or just your confession, my confession. <laughs> um i I actually when I talk to colleges and and I get a fair number of colleges reaching out, businesses reaching out and asking for advice uh, because I get a front row seat to literally what thousands of campuses are doing Um, and I can kind of aggregate it and get to pull in. Here's the trends. Here's what I'm seeing out here. And surprisingly enough, I advocate for not creating social media so much more often than you would think that I would. Um, The answer is not to add another account. The answer is not to add another platform. Um, The answer is almost always, talk to me about your process. Where is this gonna fit in? Where are you seeing holes in your service area? And how do you plan to staff and create content for this? Because the the days in which we could expect one person to manage social media for a college, have passed. We, if we're still on a team of one, heart goes out to you, but your campus is doing you a disservice because it's too big of a job. There, it's not sustainable. And asking someone to, to create and manage, you know, 15 different accounts for a small department that does not have the supporting audience to support that people are just gonna end up spinning their wheels they're gonna get burnt out they're gonna post two or three times no one's gonna see it they're gonna get real sad and upset that no one is recognizing their work and it's gonna become abandoned and there are so many accounts out there for any campus who hasn't done a social media audit do it go through it and and create some control measures around there because this is literally your educational brand and you don't want you know members of your community going rogue and posting things that are off message or off-brand because that will come back to bite you and we also need to treat social media not like it's just going to fix all of our things. Well students aren't reading our emails so we're going to post it on Instagram. Students aren't going to Instagram to consume that content so they're not going to consume it there either. Um, Or, you know, hey, we need to post this event to social. It happens tomorrow. Well, then you should have planned better because I've already booked out what I'm going to eat tomorrow and what I'm going to do. You needed to get on my calendar two weeks ago. Um, And so really understanding what the purpose of social media is going to be and how it fits into your workflow and your process and your student and faculty and staff experience. Almost always, I advocate for not starting a channel, um, which sounds ironic, right? Like, I am the person who's like the champion of it. Um, but at the same time, I really enjoy process and procedure. And outdated content looks worse than no content because it shows you don't care, right? Outdated bad content that you just slapped up, for the love of God, stop putting flyers on Instagram. No more flyers on Instagram. Hashtag no more flyers on Instagram. Um, Right? No one, if you put out crummy content, no one wants to see that. No one goes online or wakes up in the morning hoping to be bored to death and watch a bunch of ads. They want to be entertained. And so if you can't lean into that and you can't put the effort into it, don't burn out good people by expecting them to keep up that pace. Um, So that's part of it. And then also, you know, you've got to, you've got it's, it's expensive to do this well. You need equipment, you need technology, you need all of these things. And so, um, yeah, I, an awful lot of times that's not what people want to hear that they come to me and they're like, I didn't expect to get that. And I'm like, ah, do you want honest or do you want a sales pitch? Um, right? And, and so, so what can we do? Social media is an amazing tool, but it has to work in your workflow and it can't compensate for bad policy, bad processes, or bad service. And you desperately do not... Ooh, that's a fire statement boom, right there. right? And so... Boom. Mic drop. Mic <laughs> drop, right? If you have bad policies, bad processes, there's friction in the way your students move through your pipeline, or there's holes in which students are getting stuck through the cracks... A, you need to address that first. And B, if you put that on social, you're not going to like what people have to say, right? It, they are going to give you that unvarnished truth. So if you want to start a Twitter account for your department and your teaching's not up to, you know, and you have bad, bad professors or bad experiences in that classroom, it's now going to be public. So keep that, get that house in order first before we go public with the good work that we're doing and have a theory and strategy for the messaging and how we're going to put it out. Social media is not a calendar. It is not a replacement for having a good network of experiences. It is not a panacea for getting someone to come to your underfunded, underplanned event. It is not a substitute for email. It is it it is it is not a lot of things that people think that it does um it's the toilet metaphor right everybody uses them but they're not a plumber same thing with social media Um, and what we see is a lot of folks making these decisions on campuses do not understand that they know how they use social media not how social media is used at large or by their target demographic right so you know, if you're still having, you know, for incoming class Facebook groups, how are those working out for you? (laughs) Right? That's not where your population is. So we can throw up billboards all day long, but it's like putting a billboard in the middle of the ocean. If my person I want to see isn't isn't going to see it, then I've just wasted my time and my money uh, to put it there. So that would be my confession is uh, the answer is not always add another platform or add another account.
0: That matches my like, go-to motto for social media, which is value over noise. And, um, such a key part of everything that I do. I, I look through it through that lens is, is this adding value or is this just adding Mm -hmm. noise? Because we know that, um, as social media managers, we get asked to put a lot of things out there in the world. But again, is that just going to be noise for our um consumers or is this really adding value to their life because otherwise yeah. then they're not going to engage, engage with it at all exactly
1: so. and i think we see that you know calendars are the biggest thing i see people trying to start social account, social accounts for and they're like oh we need people to come to our events and then i ask them do you have an internal central calendar where you have every event on campus segmented by type segmented by student activities clubs whatever and can your students pick and choose what calendars they follow if you don't have that go buy that first fix that and then tell me if you still have an attendance problem because what you you don't have is a an information decimation problem right and social media is not going to fix that so build yourself a calendar figure out how to get on there and, and let's rethink the way that we're doing business, right? The answer is not send the students yet another email. The average student gets between 700 and 1,500 emails from the college every single semester. I'm not going to read that. And I work here, like that's, that's not gonna happen. That's astronomical. It really is. And I would challenge any department, any, any college that doesn't believe that, create a, get one of your work studies, whatever, um, to forward all of their emails into a shadow email box, right? And then you can filter for how many are system generated, maybe from Canvas or Blackboard, and then just count the sheer number of emails that they get every semester across the college. How many of them are duplicates, right? How many different departments emailed me about the job fair, right? We go nose blind to it. And then we get mad when we're like, well, students don't read their emails. Well, you sent me 33 today. What do you want me to do? Should I go to class or should I read our emails? It's just untenable. And if we're gonna complain about it, we have to fix it, right? We can't just put the onus on the student and be like, well, they need to read their emails. I have 17 email accounts I check every day. It's insane. <laughs> and they're bananas, right? And we can't expect students to do that and have time to eat, sleep, go to class, do homework um, and 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 take care of themselves. So. Yeah, it's it's so fun. I could talk about that all day long. Uh, if any campus wants me to help them uh, make calendars, I will absolutely help you do that because it will be life-changing for you for campuses that have them and use them well. Uh, they, there should be some more case studies out there about that. But we could talk about this stuff all well, day. It's super fun to get to chat with you, Callie, and Callie. Uh, I love talking about the higher ed social space because I feel like it's not something I didn't create it. I've just been the person sitting on the sidelines watching the awesomeness that is the work that is being done. Um, and I happen to just be pretty good at connecting people and saying, hey, that's a really great idea. Have you met so-and-so? And, and I feel like that's provided a lot of value to people. And so I love hearing from our members where they're like, this really was a, you know so helpful in my career. Or I found my job on here. Or I met my best friend through the community. Um, that helps my heart feel really good that we're doing out some good work for the, for the world.
0: Well, thank you, Andrea, so much for one, not only creating the higher ed social space, the professional society. Um, the awards, everything around that. But also thank you for joining me on the podcast today. It was so great to chat with you. And to our listeners, we are going to have Andrea's contact information, uh, where you can find her on social, where you can find the Higher Ed Social group um, online and the Professional Society in the show notes so that you can find that and to be able to connect. And yeah, thank you so much for being here today, for sharing all your knowledge and for sharing about Higher Ed Social. One of our most talked about groups on this podcast thanks for having
1: me kelly it's so great to catch up and and to get to chat about what you guys are doing and uh, thanks for having me on the cast and yeah if i can help anyone please feel free to reach out my dms are always open
2: hey all zach here from enrollify if you like this podcast chances are you'll like other enrollify shows too Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Corinne Myers, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify podcast network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and emissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org.